Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode's an interesting one. It's me best mate. It's me best mate of 40 plus years. Um, it's me best mate. So that means there's probably going to be a little bit of effing and jeffing in this episode um, because by the very nature of his art and his name, um, it's going to involve some some swearing because today's guest is Cunt and the Gang. For those of you that um, are maybe unaware of the work of, of Cunt and the Gang and, and now the Cunts, his band, um, he is a one-man comedy musician that has spent the last 10 15 years um touring hard releasing albums and albums and albums and just yeah making thousands of people laugh uh on the regular and yeah fiercely proud to uh to have watched this all unfold and happen uh and i'm looking forward to having a chat with him today and maybe be surprised by some of his song choices because it's going to be very interesting having that conversation with a guest when I guess lots of the kind of pivotal moments of growing up together and, and clubbing and things like that, we was always shoulder to shoulder. And, you know, in all of our creative endeavours through bands and DJing and stuff, we've always kind of been, you know, working alongside each other. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting one. Um, we have a couple of beers as well, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I think you're in for a, a treat. Obviously we talk about last Christmas's, uh, campaign with the cunts that, that, that saw them, uh, storm into the top five, uh, of the Christmas charts, which was just amazing and insane. Uh, and we talk about the current campaign, uh, to, to do that all over again. Um, if you, uh, yeah, if you like hearing, uh, cunt having a natter, then I can't recommend enough that you go over and listen to, um, this week's episode of Distraction Pieces where Cunt and Pip have a, a big chat as well. That's a wonderful listen, so go check that out as well. Um, yeah, okay. Well, look, uh, a few thank yous as well. So thanks to Scroob and everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to you lot for, as we approach Christmas uh, and at the end of another year of just supporting this podcast, you know, throughout 2021. Thank you so much. Like, you know, I love doing this and the fact that, you know, 
people listen and, and, and enjoy it is such a bonus. Um, thanks to 76 for producing this. And uh, this, this episode is dedicated to, uh, to Cunt's dad. Um, so, yeah, this, one's, uh, this one goes out to him. Um, and that's all I have to say, apart from please enjoy off the Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Cunt and the Gang. Sorry, I've interrupted the podcast, but with good reason. Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors. You know that now because I tell you about it every episode. But they've been super kind now. And you may have heard me talking about the products from the Cacao Bar and there's gins, cream liqueurs, all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies. Um, And what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to. And all you've got to do is just for you off the beat and track listeners, go over there, answer a question, and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors, Hotel Chocolat. I'll get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, stew with it. Okay, we are recording. Um, I should also say before we do this, there's going to be some. Uh, some... I'm all right. <laughs> there's going to be some effing and jeffing because, well, I've, you know, I've got to refer to you today as cunt. And, go, and, but well, like, yeah, I'm going to for the purpose of, of of the podcast. But I mean, this is going to be a strange, a strange recording because I mean, I know I've had Pip on and and Chris and, and other mates, but but I've not known them their whole life, and I've known you since. Well, we've been mates forty years. Yeah, hence why we do a podcast together yeah. about uh, our forty years of friendship. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, and so, I guess before, what, what I always like to do is just sort of cast my mind back over lockdown and uh, and just ask you how you found it personally and professionally, or creatively, not professionally. Let's say creatively. Well, you know how I did, because we talked about walking around the field every other day. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, we did, didn't we? Because it was... I thought it was interesting that you, uh, in hindsight, speaking to you more recently, you drew quite a lot from walking around the the town that we've spent our whole lives in and and realised that maybe it ain't necessarily where you want to be. Yeah, I, I, I sort of... I don't know whether it just reinforced the fact that I've just seen every single inch of it yeah. over, you know, over the years. And I don't know, I don't know where I've just become one of those old bastards right. that just kind of sees everywhere and just goes, well, that ain't quite as nice as it used to be. Yeah. And, and, and literally the field that's at the back of my house is now an housing estate. And I do remember when it used to be all fields. I'm that, we that, used to play over yeah. them fields. So yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And, and we would, you know, meet up, and, and go for walks in, you know, uh, you know, in lockdown, and we would struggle to find places. We would generally go to places that we probably frequented 
uh, frequently when we was growing up. And and I think maybe after sort of five or six walks, we'd kind of exhausted the area. Yeah. And yeah, I think I'm I'm so self-involved that I didn't consider that. Like, whereas I mean, <laughs> whereas I mean, you know, you you drew on that, and and you know, and and since you've said that, it's, it's definitely kind of made me have them conversations as well. And go, I've like, ruined it for you as well. Spot it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but obviously, we we can't. One of the reasons that I wanted to get you on is obviously to talk about the the current campaign yeah. uh, that that you're doing, which we'll touch upon. Uh, before the end, but obviously during lockdown, you've done your first campaign. Yeah. And, and I mean, was you surprised? Uh, I mean, we was having conversations about what you was going to do and, and it all felt to me, I mean, tell me otherwise that it was like, I've got this idea, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And then it was like, right, and I'll just try and do all the other stuff as it's happening. Yeah. Uh, and yet the success of it was remarkable. Yeah, I mean, for, for something that was so seat of your pants. And explain to listeners that might not actually know what we're talking about. So so what happened was um, uh, I had this song um, just before lockdown, recorded a punk album uh, with my, my sort of new punk band called The Cunts, uh, with a K, so that's all right. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so we recorded it before lockdown and, and were sort of mixing it remotely after the first lockdown. And one of the songs um, that was kind of added to the album after we locked down was, you know, as a kind of afterthought to the album, was called um, Boris Johnson is a Fucking Cunt. And after the album went up on Spotify, I think I, I put it up on Spotify in the July or, or maybe start of August. At the end of September, Ginger from the Wild Arts tweeted a link to Boris Johnson is a Fucking Cunt with the words Christmas number one, question mark. And, I mean, I, I hadn't thought about releasing a single from the album, because the album was just kind of part of my old um, book Kickstarter mm. that I did sort of, you know, yeah. the, the, the previous year. And um, that sort of sowed a seed of, oh, hold on a minute, because I, I did sort of two chart campaigns sort of back in 2010 and 2011, yeah. like with, 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 my, with Cunt and the gang, you know, mm-hmm. with sort of, the, you know, electronic stuff. And um, so yeah, it just sowed, it sowed the seed of the idea about maybe maybe doing it again. And... Um, First thing I did was rung up John Mortar, who did the Rage campaign, who, who we both know, mm-hmm. uh, back in 2009. And uh, he sort of heard the song and saw Ginger's tweet and sort of said, well, mate, it could, it could happen. Um, and then at the end of October, uh, Charlie Brooker sort of out of the blue tweeted about it as well. And, you know, you think, well, maybe maybe it could happen. And and I still didn't really think any anything about it, but... Mm. Yeah, so sort of at the start of December, I thought, oh, fuck it, do you know what? I'm just going to go for it. And and um, I was doing, like, um, weekly broadcasts over lockdown uh, called Corona Club, you know, yeah. to sort of 200 or so people. And people were quite infused about the idea about doing something, and, and it just sort of snowballed from there. And then Boris cancelled Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, when, when Boris cancelled Christmas, that was halfway through the week of release. And it, had all, it was already showing in the midweeks at, at like number 19. Mm. And that really was just the thing that kind of got it over the line. And yeah. be, because there was, you know, because there was such consternation about, you know, he distinctly promised that we were all going to get Christmas with our families. And then to take it away at short notice, he, you know, it, it just, yeah, it, it was just an awful, an awful thing, you know, which kind of left me, 
rubbing my hands together, thinking, brilliant, I'm going to have a hit single. And it feels very out of character for Johnson to sort of promise something and then deliver something completely different. That was, must have been quite a shock. Well, I think it was a shock for everyone. He's just not that kind of guy, is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we'll pick up on, uh, on the new campaign uh, as, as the podcast unfolds a little bit, but I want to ask you first... Um, to tell me, please, the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Right, I, I had a, I had a couple of um, a couple of n- nearly went for it, and then uh, and then kind of uh, just went for this one. So, do, do you want me to want do the nearlies first? Or? Get some honourable mentions in. There. So, so the honourable mentions, uh, Blondie's Atomic, mm. but the, the you know not not the kind of single that starts off with down now now. Although that is great for it to come straight in, but the down now now. Just like you just know what's mm. coming, and, and then when it bursts in, that's fucking brilliant. And yeah. Teardrop Explodes Rewald is. I thought that's what you was going to go for. I mean, it's just so no nonsense. It ba 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 ba, like, and it's <laughs> yeah. just straight in, like no yeah. nonsense. Uh, and 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 another one, uh, Stan Ridgeway's Camouflage, which I just love. It's not an instant one, but it just like the the tone of the music just sets the flavour that something here is going to go on. You love a bit of Ridgeway, though, don't you? I do love a bit of Ridgeway. I mean, like, I, 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 I don't think I've picked Ridgeway for any of the categories to that. I was desperately trying to shoe on him in somewhere. <laughs> I just love Stan Ridgeway so much. Um, what are you gone for? Well, I've, I've gone for the Pet Shop Boys. It's a sin. How does that start? And then, oh, yeah. and then, and then down to the kind of cinematic, choiry kind of, epic kind of string choir. And then, um, and then as that's going, with, with a kind of almost inaudible voice going yeah, over, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that you can't quite work out what they're saying. And then it kind of dies down. And then there's that thunderclap. Thunder. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just straight in with the with the playover, just the verse melody. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it just like it's so many different bits, and like takes you up and brings you down, and takes you up again. Yeah. It's a belter of a song. Isn't it's it? a fantastic song. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it again today, just to kind of you know, just to make sure. And um, yes, yeah, I mean it's just fucking a brilliant, brilliant song. And and the thing that I found out today is the chorus fits my my template, my chorus template, right? Which I use, like, I've, I've inadvertently used for about twenty songs. Which is sing the title, repeat the title, something else of varied length. Sing the title again. It's a sin. It's a sin. Everything I've ever done. Everything I've ever done. Have it's a, a wank, scene. Have a wank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, but, I mean, we, we'll talk about songwriting uh, a bit now as well, because, you know, aside from the fact that you're more known for the, the comedy side of music, it's all bred out of an obsession with pop music. Right? I, I love, I love pop music, and I love, I just love. I mean, that's my favourite thing is just sitting yeah. at the computer writing songs and the kind of the zone you get into when you're having ideas. I, I love it a bit, yeah. but sadly, you know, I've, I've been known for wanking and crying, so <laughs> <laughs> it's ruined the chances of that. But, but I mean, we'll talk about school and what you wanted to be, but you know, top five hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, if if I if I die tomorrow, at least I've, I've and and last week it was a question, wasn't it? On on fucking what's it, Brad? Uh, on the chase. Yeah, I mean, explain how, how did you did you just get inundated with people? Um, some someone WhatsApp me uh, said uh, with with a clip of it, and it was like, what was it? What 
uh, what protest song? Uh, the, it was a protest song last Christmas against which politician? And the woman fucking got it wrong. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and so someone WhatsApp me, and then I just went on my Twitter, and loads of people had just kind of like posted clips of it. Brilliant. I fucking love that though. That it kind of just it's gradually seeping seeping into culture. Love it. Just touching on songwriting a little bit more before we get on to the next track, and I, I want to ask, when you're writing songs, I mean, I imagine the nature of, of the cunts or cunt and the gang, it's about that immediate impact, not just lyrically, but musically as well. It's, you know, it, you, a lot of people have chosen on this podcast, you know, things like uh, Wish You Were Here or Bohemian Rhapsody and songs that have got these huge intros. Um, yeah. That what you don't necessarily seem to get too much in music anymore. The kind of the, the science and the formula of, of, of pop music, if you want to look at it like that as a science and a formula, but of of commercial pop music, it does seem to be something that's becoming faster and shorter and more immediate. Is that your kind of go to when you're you're writing a, a, a song? I, I I don't know. I mean, we've I, I think we've. With a comedy song, they are slightly different. I I like to stick to that the you know the the stock Aitken and Walkman Motown kind of format of yeah. of uh, first chorus, first chorus, been late chorus in. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I mean, what I like to do is try and get to the chorus, the first chorus, as economically as possible. So there's not loads and loads of waffle, but you have to use that first verse to. Um, to sort of set the scene and and introduce your premise, so you you won't get many laughs in the first verse because it'll be mostly like that functional thing of getting you to the chorus when and the chorus is the punchline. Yeah. But the intro, I always like to just suggest a little melody or something, you know, like the wanking and crying song. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah. I just fucking love them little earworm, that li- little earworm melodies, and try and pepper the songs with them. Uh, I think like. What you first said about, you know, kind of sort of setting the premise for the chorus as well. If you look at, at fuck sticks, like just yeah. like to me, I've got that, hello, good evening, welcome, that yeah. kind of <laughs> yeah. car, that sort of somber, yeah. like kind of setting a little emotional kind of structure yeah. and like and lulling you into this kind of like almost romantic vision of your granddad. Before it's just like <laughs> fuck sticks, and then like, and then you get the hook. And, yeah. and, the, and the delivery of the punchline, arguably. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What the, um, Stuart, and I don't want to fucking start name dropping, so I know that's your thing, but Stuart... <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, Stuart Lee come up and see us in Edinburgh like, in 2011 or 12 and was very, very fucking complimentary and very lovely. But he said the thing that he liked about my stuff was the fact that it's got the repetition of pop but the kind of surprise of comedy. And he said it's not easy to do that, is to kind of... Because with choruses, choruses are all about repetition, but I always tried with the choruses to just change something so that there was enough to kind of... So it weren't just something to sing along to, so there was another laugh kind of as you go on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think... Yeah, yeah. And, and so how have you found that... I mean, I, I went to your first uh, gig uh, as the cunts, and I think... It's going to be imperative, I think, that you get a good Sandman because, like any comedy song, and speaking obviously through being in a comedy band, yeah. you know, um, with Mr. Gels over the years, like way back, however catchy your music is, if it's comedy based, yeah. you've got to hear the lyrics, haven't you, to I'll, make that cut through because complete, there's a delivery. Completely makes or breaks it. I, yeah. I, I had a gig in. Um, 
Halifax in in Yorkshire, um, and it was it was a it was a weird night because there was a good crowd there and everyone was fired up, but the gig just went really flat. It was just a really flat gig, and you know you think fucking hell, like it just ain't happening. Yeah. And some nights it would just be like that. It just it just wouldn't happen. And um, the sound man afterwards said, "Oh, here you go, mate. Um, I recorded the set and gave us a CD, and I put in put it on in the car on the way home." And like the words were very, barely inaudible above the music, and you're like, "All oh, right, that's that's what it was." These people couldn't, you know, weren't they? Didn't find it funny? Of course they didn't, because it was excellent. Yeah. But, but they uh, arguably, you was just a bloke in a boiler suit with shit hair, wanking just... and crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my tagline when I used to centre venues for gigs. <laughs> bloke in a boiler suit with shit hair, wanking and crying. You're going to book me? I'm fifty quid. <laughs> All right, well, look, let's, let's take you back. Uh, and for track two, I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Right, I've got to say... Right. Right. I was, I've, I've sort of been thinking about this, and you, know, you think, oh, I don't know, really, I don't know. And then it just, fu- it just fucking hit me, and I put it on in my shed earlier on, and I bawled my fucking eyes out. I just sat there crying in my shed on my own this afternoon... <laughs> Same me eye. Oh fucking hell. It just done completely fucking done me. Yeah. Uh, bright eyes. That'd do it every time. Oh fucking hell. It's just it's just such a sad song. Such a fucking heart heartbreaking song. What where do you think that comes from? The 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 association with with Watership Dan? I, I don't really know, because I think was was it like nineteen seventy eight it it came out, mm. I think. So so I don't know. I mean, I must have I must have heard it first with Watership Down, but I don't yeah. know whether I would have heard it in 1970 or whether it would have been a couple. Of, but it was definitely as a, as a young kid. Yeah. And uh, I suppose it must be it must be that. But I mean, I don't know. Even even hearing it without thinking of the, you know the the tragic fate of the rabbits, it's a fucking heart wrenching song. The vocals are just beautiful, and uh, it's just it's just such a fucking great song. And I, I didn't realise till about a fortnight ago. It was written by Mike Bat, wasn't it? Mm. I, did, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've had yeah. him on the podcast. Oh, have you? Yeah. He uh, he actually sat at a piano when he recorded it. So he was playing all of his songs. I'm glad I weren't. Like, uh, <laughs> 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 Who's the next one on? Do you remember your Wombo <laughs> <laughs> song? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, Art Garfunkel's voice is just... It's angelic, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, and like, and that is a, a, a beautiful song, and and yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, for me, as soon as I see it, I can see the little kind of rabbits flying through the air and that kind of weird scene yeah. in Watership Down, which I think I've only ever seen once, and and well, I can't just watch it together and have a great big cry, nah. and then put Porky's on after and have a great big wink. <laughs> I just never kind of. I, I this this knowing like this films where you know something sad's going to happen. Yeah. And it's almost set up for it. Yeah. And and I think if you then throw music in the mix, it just takes it somewhere completely fucking different. Yeah. And like and I think them songs, you know, as as children of the eighties, like. Again, drive the cars. You yeah. instantly think of Live Aid and that, yeah. that 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 scene, and I think, and it just enforces that kind of that melancholy. And 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 I think that's definitely the case with 
with bright eyes. So I was going to ask you where, where where you was born, but you was obviously born in in, in the same town as me. So you know we're, we're we're Essex boys, and and kind of born in a, I guess a working class area. And yeah. I think you know yeah, I would I would say if I had to that you was, we both had quite I guess aspirational parents that kind of yeah. wanted to kind of uh, in the eighties sort of knock on the doors of middle class maybe is that yeah. is that fair enough to say yeah I, I think. I sort of, my my mum's side of the family were aspirational working class, like you know, yeah. sort of a, a little bit ashamed of being working class and couldn't wait to get out of it. But then <laughs> yeah. my dad's family were like, you know, council house, you yeah. know, what what you know, old, old fashioned working class, yeah. you know, and and me me dad's mum like didn't want to, you know, didn't want to buy a council house and all, all those kind because of, thought yeah. that was having ideas above your station. But yeah. then you know you'd sort of gradually see this row of council houses like appearing, porches appearing on them and that, you know, yeah. like down the road. But um, but yeah, like me, me mum and dad kind of, me, me dad sort of um, was a labourer and then he um, went out and started working for himself, just doing building sort of in the eighties when there was a big boom and you know doing extensions and and yeah. Well, that kind of thing. Just sort of seeing that kind of of growth in 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 the eighties in 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 your parents and sort of seeing that, um, he just can't stop, can he? That's fuck. <laughs> Unbelievable. Gels. Shall I shall I shall I see if he rings again and we'll answer it? Yeah. Okay. That's Mister Gels, who's the guitarist in uh, the Cunts. He's also um, uh, was also the, uh, the 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 other singer in in, in my band and. He just can't deal with it, can he? That, I don't think that... you knew I was coming round to meet you tonight and he was worried we was going to be coming him off. <laughs> we are now. <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you ever kind of what did you draw from sort of seeing that that kind of you know, hard work and and working for yourself? Like did, did was that did you find that were you aware of it at the time? And and do you think, in hindsight, it's inspired you in, in or, or I, motivated you? I, I don't. I don't think I I was aware of it at the time, um, but I think some. You know, you you kind of you just pick you just pick up on things because when my dad worked for himself, he he did work really fucking hard, and um, I think that sort of instilled a work ethic in me. But also just that idea of like my dad sort of. Didn't, didn't sort of suffer suffer falls gladly. Yeah, I and think so that's a safe assumption. And so when you um when when I went in you know came out of a came out of doing my A levels and just went into work in shops in Lakeside, you'd be working for these jumped up little fucking five foot four inch despots. Yeah, and um that's fucking Joe again. It... Go on, answer it and put it on speaker. Hi, Joe. Hello, Joe. Can you hear me? Oh, can you? Was I on the phone to you or not? Um, no, no. You just... Uh, well, I'm in the middle of recording uh, off the beat and track with Stuart. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I just want to say, there's no point doing it. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He's not a shit. He's not. He's not. No, he's not a shit at him. He just does a lot of them. You're breaking up, Gerald. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, go on, as you were saying. I can't remember where I fucking you was. You was talking about the, the, the fact I, that you weren't particularly aware of it at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so when, you kind of, when you went into working for other people, yeah. I think my tolerance levels of working for other people were already low from having seen my dad be his own boss. Yeah. And I think I had it instilled in me about not being bossed around, you know, and especially when it was people that you just thought, oh, fucking, at school these people would have been the fuckwits. Yeah. And, um, you know, and them sort of trying to tell you what to do, and I never really liked that, and so I didn't sort of last that long at it, really. I definitely think that kind of element of your personality definitely made me think, I want to hang around with you more. Because <laughs> I, I weren't that. And, I, and I, I definitely remember just thinking, oh, he's his own man. Like, he ain't bothered about the others. Like he, he's just doing his thing, and like, and if someone kind of says you can't do that, he ain't afraid to tell him to fuck off. <laughs> and I remember just being like really impressed with that, just thinking, wow, that's that's quite right. None of my other mates do that. I sound like a really insufferable cunt. <laughs> that's got to be your next name of your album. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, stand in the formative years. Let's talk school. So I'm going to ask you to tell me uh, the song that reminds you of your time at school. Please. Right, I really didn't want to pick it. Baggy trousers, right? But I've picked it. Baggy trousers. You know that's the most picked answer. Yeah, yeah. Because I've listened to your podcast, like you know, in, in between. I listen to it occasionally. I mostly listen to Soda Jerker. But yeah, I, I knew you'd even mention Soda Jerker <laughs> on here as well. Unbelievable. Well, no, how old you get? But yeah, it's just. I, I just kind of couldn't get past it because it was such a like such a formative song for me in you know in everything I've done since you know and and got me into the idea of being in a band and writing songs and and mucking about with me mates because they just looked like they were having such a fucking laugh oh, in the video. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone has done a song about school days and just captured it so fucking perfectly. You know, be, because there's blokes our age and older who were all at school at the time and we're all still going on about baggy trousers, you know, because we was kids and it was a song that was written for us, really. Absolutely. absolutely. Did you know the in-betweeners, the working title of that was Baggy Trousers? Oh, really? Yeah, they changed it last minute to the in-betweeners. Ah. It's going to be called Baggy Trousers. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's absolutely perfect social commentary, isn't it? Like yeah. Every kind of little detail in that song is just like, yep, yep. Done that, yep. Remember yeah. that, yep. And it's like, you, it's so relatable. And it, it's just perfect pop. And I know that, you know, again, this is quite a strange podcast, because I, I know you so well, and I know, you know, that both of us, you know, grew up loving madness and, and, and you know, the impact that they had on us. And, like you know, not just... Because for me, and, I, you know, and, and tell me otherwise if it's not the case for you, like... Lyrically, it was just, you know, they were singing about stuff that happened in areas that we knew. Yeah. And they also happened to have really good melodies, hooks, and, and you know, it, fundamentally it, it, brilliant pop songs. It was both of them things. Was was that the, the songs were just so catchy. And also, the, you know, the, there was no bollocks or, 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 or flannel or fluff or, you know, or sheen on them. They were just they just seemed like a really fucking real prospect. Yeah. And that's what I liked about Madness was just it just seemed like a load of like just a load of lads. Yeah. Having having a laugh. But you know, there was clearly some fucking magic there because even within the different songwriting partnerships that there were in the band, they you know, and, and the obviously like the production team they had with Clive Langer and Alan Wynn Stanley just just produced nugget after fucking nugget of gold. And and I, someone sent me, uh, my brother sent me uh, a video of Madness on the Whistle Test doing Night Boat to Cairo very yeah. early on. Yeah. And I just think, I, I looked here and I just thought, God, if I was like, you know, 15, 16 then, like that must have just been a call of arms, like yeah. just an absolute, like I'm watching something special here. Yeah. Like, because... Um, Chaz weren't even singing Night Boat to Cairo. Suggs was singing it, yeah. and like, and it was just, oh, it was just awesome. And yeah, and I think that you know we, I guess we grew up with that band, didn't we? Yeah. And, but uh, I mean, when you look back at Night Boat to Cairo now, it's fucking bonkers. The the idea that you'd be allowed to release a you know three quarters instrumental single with a kind of Eastern flavour, yeah, that just kind of finishing his big shouty fucking you yeah. know ranty. You know, a mess of mess of noise. It's, it's just, it's just fucking bizarre. And so, would that come out on Stiff? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, props to Stiff Records for just, you know. Oh, and props to Stiff Records anyway. Shit yeah. Like that, you know. Uh, um. So tell me about tell me about school because we didn't go to the same school. Uh, you know, we we met at, at Cub Scouts when we was uh, when we was eight or maybe younger. Um. But you went to a separate junior school uh, to, to me, like only like half a mile apart, um, and then you went to a, a separate sort of senior school. So I just want to talk mainly about sort of secondary school. And you, you know, you, you was the brightest of all of our gang, and like, and I think you. That weren't hard, was it? No, <laughs> no, it really weren't. Like like, the world's tallest dwarf. Yeah, shout out, Paz. 
Um, <laughs> but you, um, you know, obviously you you passed your 11 plus and you got to go to uh, the same school as Chris Glasson of Hardcore Listing, actually, um, which was like a, a bus ride away. And, yeah. And at 11 years old, how was that, having to get on a bus and go to a school, you know, what, 15 miles away? Yeah, um... I don't know, like... The, and did you know anyone there as well? No, no. Like, the idea of it was quite scary before I went. And then, you know, we've, we've been... Because you're quite, you're quite adaptable at that age, like now, the idea of going anywhere where I didn't know anyone, you know, the idea of going somewhere where I only know a couple of people, you're like, oh, fucking hell, do I have to go? Do yeah. I have to go? But, um, no, like, you're sort of quite adaptable at that age, so I just sort of, sort of got on with it. But I don't, I don't know, like... I, I sort of went from being like the cleverest kid in my junior school to being like just right in the middle, and that was a weird thing, you know. Like I was fucking Johnny Big Bollocks uh, <laughs> <laughs> at, at my primary school, and then you kind of go there and you're like, "Fucking hell, how clever are these kids?" I mean, like yeah. ridiculously fucking clever kids. And Did you want to be clever? I don't know. Like, is that a stupid question? <laughs> I would never ask it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, I, I mean, I've always just enjoyed being, like, being who I am, do you know what I mean, like, and I've, yeah. I've never, I've never thought of myself as really clever, I'm not one of these fucking people that thinks I'm smarter than everyone else, like, yeah. I just get, I just fucking get on, I mean, I am, but yeah. I just, I just, <laughs> I, just, I just fucking get on with it, but, um, no, no, I mean, yeah, it, it was, the reason I asked that is, because at the school that I went to, it weren't called to be clever. You know, it was like, you know, if you was, if you was bright, that was almost, you know, in the 80s sort of seen as like, oh, that's swat. Yeah, like, let's drag him over the field and kick him in. <laughs> well, it kind of was, <laughs> you know. Like, oh, he thinks he's a bit special because he's clever. And like, but, you know, did that, that obviously certainly wasn't the case at the school that you went to. But... It's, you know, even at the school I went to, it still weren't cool to be clever. Yeah. You know, like the idea that you could be clever and clever and cool. Like the cool kids weren't the clever ones, but then the cool kids weren't the ones who'd done really well. Like the ones who did really well were the fucking clever ones who just yeah. knuckled down and, and stuck at it. But, you know, you know what it's like. The cool kids outside, when, once you kind of get out into the world of work, it, it's a fucking leveller, isn't it? hundred percent. And they might still be the cool bloke down the pub. But, you know, it don't necessarily mean they're going to do the best out of everyone, does it? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Did did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? No, I didn't have the first fucking clue. And I sort of still don't, really. Like, you know, uh, I, I remember doing, like, you know them fucking... You had to fill in the forms. I can't remember what they were called. With a little smiley... You had to answer all these questions. With well, a like little, careers form. Yeah, like, yeah. Like with a little smiley face, a little straight face, or a little ooh, sad face. <laughs> Um, and you had to answer each question with one of these, and then at the end of it, it got sent away, and it come back a, like a little ticker tape fucking reply of what jobs you should do, and um, there was none. My my one come back, and it didn't have any on. There was just not like from my the answers I got, I didn't deliberately fuck it up, but from the answer I gave, there weren't any career suggestions on it, and so I just I just didn't I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I I, I enjoyed art. And I was good at uh, good at languages. So, like, for me A-levels, I did French, Spanish and art. But, you know, like, talk of going to art college and that, like, I don't know, I think I was just a bit young, 
like because I, I was a year ahead of myself at school, so like yeah. it was um I was too young to you know like have, uh, to be able to entertain the idea of leaving home and going to university. So I just I just didn't do it. I just went and worked in shops, and it was fucking rubbish and soul destroying. You say that though, you felt you was young and you didn't have it in you to kind of you know venture up to London, but you went you went to travelling, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to mention this on every fucking podcast? I do, yeah. <laughs> you know, we said our goodbyes and that, and you went travelling. Yeah. And uh, you, you were going to go Europe, wasn't you? You were going to try and... Yeah, uh, go Europe. I did. Did yeah. went to Europe. Whereabouts? France. Okay. <laughs> Fortnite, you cunt. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Literally didn't even touch the tread on your bike tyres. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, track four. Uh, the first record you remember buying from a record store. Now, this is a really cool one. Okay. Uh, Elvis Costello, Olive's Army. That is really cool. Yeah. That's a brilliant record, isn't it? It's such a good record. I, I, heard that. I mean, apart from the, the, the little N-word in there, yeah. which is in context. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's just... I still think that's like that's a perfect song for me. It's got it got all the fucking, you know, like the the, the little kind of the little piano licks and the verse and the chorus. Everything's just right for. for it's me. all about that piano lick, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so good. Where'd you buy it? Um, the the little um, toy and record shop up the Pride. My uncle took me up there, and uh, oh yeah, all right. I know you. I know where this is going. No, See I'm the not going to take a smirk it on your fucking face. <laughs> He made me buy level 42s running in the family as my first album. And he's smirking all over his face because he was going to bring it up in a minute. So I might as well just admit to me war crimes, mightn't I? This is like fucking Nuremberg. <laughs> Get us another beer, you cunt. Oh, dear. So, um, I mean, it wasn't... It, it, what, what's definitely sort of presented itself over the sort of time doing this podcast is... When you sort of speak to people about where they bought that, certainly people of sort of our age and uh, and older, like the places where they will buy their records, you know, Woolworths gets a regular shout out, but there was so many toy shops and um, music shops that where you could go and buy a guitar and also vinyl, uh, yeah, and and obviously literally pretty much in between where um, I live now and where you live, yeah, there was a um, a little toy shop and within that they had. A record shop in it, which which seems bonkers, but yeah. we happened to walk past it. And I'm not going to start digging you out about level 42, but when they shut down, we went in there and they were flogging everything. I can't even think how much we would have paid for stuff. Yeah, like a couple, a couple of quid and that. Probably. Yeah, but I remember I can't remember if I bought anything. I don't know if I had any money, but like, but I do remember like I think I had a fiver, and I come out there with. Run, uh, level 42's running in the family on vinyl and absolutely madness on tape. Didn't you get wax bridged to your art out of there? Oh, I, might have, I might have done. Right. The greatest song ever written. Apart from Easy Lover. Apart from Easy Lover. I do. I like wax bridged yard. I do fucking still like I know you always dig me out for it, but I <laughs> does, fucking does love it. Does it still deliver? Oh, it really does. I like a woe, though. That's why I like Tarzan, but I like a fucking woe. Who was Wax? Was that one of Godly and Cream? I think it was, yeah, it was, was it Graham Goldman and Andrew Gold, was it? Andrew Gold was in Wax. Was he? Or have I just made that up? I think if you throw anything kind of like 
sort of lost songs from the 70s and 80s. If you just throw Andrew Gold's name in there, he's probably involved somewhere. Yeah. Didn't he do the theme tune to the Golden Girls? Thank you for being... Or is it just his name's Gold? I'm getting confused. It sounds like an Andrew Gold song, yeah. doesn't it? Who knows? We'll Google that one later. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, moving on into your sort of teens and stuff, like your relationship with buying records and not necessarily the record shop because, I mean, I, you know, I know that we'd go record shopping on a on a Saturday. I, I do just have to confess, the other record I bought that day, I bought Oliver's Army, was in the Navy by Village People. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried people might think I was too cool. <laughs> but we'd also we spent a lot of Sundays at boot sales, didn't we? We we would go oh, and buy. God, God yes, yeah. Like I think we've both got sizable vinyl collections, haven't we? Yours, yours probably the ceiling way around way. my mum's is bowed. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> really? I fucking hell! I've got so many records in her loft. But why do you? What, what do you sort of equate that to? Was that just you, uh, you know, being somebody... Because you collect stuff, like, you know, whereas, you know, trends come and go and I'll, I'll buy bits and bobs and then get rid of it or throw it away. You've kind of pretty much kept... I'm, I'm a terrible... I'm a terrible fucking holder, serial collector. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like... I, I just did... I, I did with vinyl what I, what I sort of do with everything. You know, like... Got, got really. I mean, I, I just list, used to listen to records all the fucking all the fucking time, like you do when you're in yeah. your teens and early twenties. Just always listen to records, and so just accumulated and accumulated and accumulated. And then sometimes that you go to a boot sale and they'd just have, they'd, they'd have a box and you want five or six out of there, and they'd go, "I'll make take the old box for a five. You go, "Fucking brilliant!" Yeah. And I always thought, "Oh, I'll take these, sort them out, and flogs, you know, flogs." But I never flogged them. Just yeah. never got around to it. So I've just got boxes and boxes of vinyl. Top of the Pops albums from the 70s. No, it's, it's, it's like seven inches, you know, but yeah. like fucking Cool and the Gang and, you know, and all that kind of thing. But what I find interesting is that that fundamental love of the seven-inch single and collecting them. And you said that you listen to music. And both you and I never had a good stereo, did we? No, I had like a shit old record player from the 1960s. Yeah. Like none of us either had like... With that weird know, little fucking arm thing that drops yeah. another record down. But like... With, with a shit needle on. Completely. I, you know, there was loads of our mates that had like, you know, a Technics Hi-Fi or like a Kenwood Hi-Fi. I was Seisho Matsui and like, you know, all the... Ch- I never had a decent Hi-Fi. And, but I'd rather have spent my money on buying records. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you, was you saying? Yeah, because yeah, cause it was the content, wasn't it? Like, I, I've, I've never been a techie techie kind of person like yeah. i mean you know just drive whatever fucking car gets you from a to b and Same. and whatever stereo you can fucking play your records on like yeah. you know the, the sound the sound quality i'm not worried about that i'm just you know planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. But with records, was you obsessive in, in so a, a, a couple of questions around that so would you if you liked a single would you then play it play it again play it again play it again yeah I'm still like that for what purpose are you breaking it down how it's put together no just enjoying that time and time like if if I really like something I'll just I'll, I'll just cane it yeah and and so you know the my my playlist that I sort of listen to, you know, if I'm if I'm doing some DIY or, or when I was building me building me shed and what have you, it's like probably the same fifty songs and just listen, listen to them over and over yeah. again, like and you know that are probably mostly from the eighties and a couple from the seventies and a couple from the sixties. What about if you wake up and you're feeling a bit low? Do you then put on "Live It Up" by Mental as anything, or do you reach for? drive by the cars do you you know do you if you're feeling a bit low or you know blue do you reach for something that's that's somber to to kind of just think well i'm gonna listen to that and process this this feeling or no i'm gonna go and stick on mental as anything and just you know i i I think i do do both i don't think i'll just just do one or the other I, i i lost lost my old man last week and um First thing I'd done was I had to drive and fucking get me new gold tooth fitted. So in the drive over, I put on the injuries, my old man, just sort of say, you know, like the, I'm the bloke crying at traffic lights. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't always, I won't always have a wallet. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel melancholy that often, to be honest. I'm pretty chipper, yeah, generally. So normally, like, I normally sort of listen to upbeat stuff. Although I do, you know, I do fucking, I, I do like a ballad. Uh, and a wallowy ballad. But do you not get, like... Because I can definitely get, like, emotional over something, like... Uh, you mentioned a Pet Shop Boys. I'll use this as an example, right? <clears throat> like, uh, ju- just the chord change or, or or something that's can even be sort of euphoric will make me emotional. Yeah. So, um, the line in Suburbia, I only want it, that change when that yeah. bit comes in yeah oh it like i'll get goosebumps and and as overcome as i would listening to drive by the cars yeah. like you know i think do you know what i mean that like, you can get that yeah. from something yeah, it, it, it can be it can be yeah you yeah it doesn't and it doesn't even have to be a culture i mean i, I think in in bright eyes sort of going back to the fucking sad one that bit that, uh, where it goes how can the light the shines just that cool change there just fucking that yeah ticks all the boxes but like um I tell you what, in fucking um, Natalie by Stephen Duffy, there, there's a little. It's just a. It's just a little fucking drum roll, just like a little kind of brush drum roll where it goes. The gears are changing, but yeah. we're going, and that just fucking it gets the ears on the back of my neck going, and like just fills me with fucking joy. Brilliant, that isn't it? Oh, so good. Yeah. Like, uh, j- j- not just that song, but the feeling as well. Yeah, like that something like sonically can. Just have a like a physical reaction from yeah. goosebumps and. But that's that's why music is magic. Like yeah. it is, it is fucking magic, and um, something that can just conjure up them emotions and, and make you feel that way. 
and and also like that's why songwriting i mean i know what i do it's not sort of traditional songwriting but when i'm when i'm sat down writing a song it's the best feeling in the world because you feel like you're creating creating magic you know yeah and i, I sort of heard, heard kevin godley on another podcast um, just say it so on, right, on soda jerkers right? right but i heard kevin godley talking about <laughs> song, song from, <laughs> from 10cc talking about songwriting as um sculpting air and and uh, that really resonated That's with great, me because it's it's literally like it's like there's all these ideas floating around in the ether, and you they're just waiting for someone to connect with. Yeah. And like you, if you leave yourself open to them, they find you. Yeah. It's you know I, I just fucking love love that feeling of just fucking sitting down and creating something, or, or just being driving along and something comes to you. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's just because you've heard someone else's song and you just rip a bit off it. Yeah, but, but everyone does that. Yeah. Like that's 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 nature of the beast, I think. Like being inspired by art, this yeah creates you know more art. Yeah, a little bit worse, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Um, do you know I, I had a couple? I, I had a little think about it because there was two sorts of clubbing, weren't there? Yeah. There was like shit clubbing, right? And then there was just but not... shit clubbing. weren't us going to IB for and raving. It was just going to like the tan club yeah. that played commercial dance music that was shit. Yeah, that you'd go to just to get pissed and hopefully meet a girl, right? Yeah, right. There was that. There was that, and then there was like still shit clubbing, but just not quite as shit. Like the alternative clubs that we go yeah. to in like Southend and Romford and yeah, and them kind of places, and um. But we found the little nugget, didn't we? We would go to London as well, clubbing. Yeah. And that felt... I mean, you know, I don't want to sort of talk on behalf of you, but, you know, so much of this stuff we was doing together, and it felt when we found Automatic at the Gas Club that yeah. we'd found the little jewel in, you know, in the crown, hadn't we? we just found something really special here, and it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, this is... No one knows about this. Yeah. Like... Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say, like... See, this is this is the weird thing. Is like all all the kind of clubs I went to and that I never sort of felt a, a sense of belonging. Like even in the indie clubs and stuff, and even in automatic. But they just played all the best music. They they played all the yeah. best music, and and like you know, and, you know, and, and also like there's some nice Swedish girls there and stuff. <laughs> so uh... shout out to Nuria, <laughs> Doris, <laughs> and Annika. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Right. So, with that in mind, give me some uh, some song choices. So, so the shit the shit clubbing ones were uh, two unlimited. Get ready for this. That um, me and Dennis would always dance to, and we had like we had we had a dance routine that we'd do to it. Which you know sounds funny because I, I sort of stop. I, I must have stopped dancing in my early twenties, I think. Hmm. I, but at some point before, I mean, I burnt very brightly for a short time before that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, yeah, we had this weird fucking dance routine where it went do 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 do, and then you mime that you were playing a sport like tennis in That's between, right. like like doing a forehand and a backhand in in between the the riffs. Just elaborate on that a little bit. That would generally be at about ten p.m. on an empty dance floor in the tanny club. Yeah, and it would look weird. Yeah. Do people throw money sometimes? 
No, they threw things, but it wasn't money. <laughs> Peanuts. <laughs> Did you just want attention? I don't know what. It was just felt good. Just felt good. Right. That's what that's what dancing's about. No, it? no, that's that that wasn't the joy that you see on the on the woman's <laughs> face in flash dance. That was not what drove that. That uh, 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 that was attention. You wanted to show off. But I d- I don't know if it was attention because like would you who would you want attention from down there because it's not going to impress any girls, is it? No, definitely not. And 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 the attention you get from the blokes is getting punched in the side of the head. I see it as Right. Uh, in this domain, I'm not as cool as any of the other lads in here. I wasn't as cool as any of the other lads in any of the any of the domains. And the ladies aren't going to want to have it off with me. Fuck it, let's have a laugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's generally been our life. <laughs> that's the tagline to our movie. It really is. <laughs> Just, I'm not as cool as the blokes. The girls won't have it off with me. Let's have a laugh. That's all that's left to do. <laughs> Someone might feel sorry for us. <laughs> oh dear. So what? What? So you've gone two unlimited. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the other one from the shit club was boys to men end of the road because that would always be the one ten to two, wouldn't it? You'd, you'd be kind of like, like just, just slipping your ass around, just trying to find someone to have a cuddle. The, and the, it's as weird as that, isn't it? And, and for younger listeners, the well, I guess the erection section or whatever you want to call it, was this thing where, especially in, in lots of kind of high street kind of clubs, wasn't it? It'd get to a certain time, not long before the lights come up, where they'd slow things down. Yeah. And you would walk up to a girl and go, do you want to have a dance? You'd be shitting yourself oh, as well. Absolutely. And you'd be like, do you want to have a dance? And then, like... They'd go, yeah, all right. No, they wouldn't. Like, <laughs> no, they wouldn't. <laughs> I think I had... I reckon I went to that club, Pizzazz. I reckon... I reckon I went 40 times, maybe. Like, it's, it's weird when you say that, for it to only be 40 times, because it feels like hundreds. Yeah, but I reckon in reality, it probably was about that. We uh, was going every week for a while, weren't we? yeah. Like and it felt, yeah. I, I and and I can only really remember slow dancing three times. So that shows That's two more than me. <laughs> Did you only get one slow <laughs> yeah. dance? Yeah, oh, was brilliant. <laughs> was that that girl that said you look like some other prick? No, no, I fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but I. Uh... Yeah, and you would go up to a girl, wouldn't you? Just go try and have a, a dance. And then if they said yeah, it almost felt like well, they've just said yes to a snog. Yeah. And, like, and you would like literally, you can reach me by sailboat. And then by the time like you can reach me by aeroplane, you was literally... You had a Boeing 747 in your pocket. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Or, or you could reach her by canoe. Uh, <laughs> But you would have, like, trousers on as well. Yeah, so you'd chinos, have to, yeah. Like, you'd have to try and really conceal it when, like, the lights come up at the end of the night. That was wafty, wasn't it, when you kind of, like, didn't shake properly and yep. you've got a wet spot on your chinos. Yeah. You had to try and hide it under the ultraviolet light. Do you remember the other slowies? Um, I just remember in, End of the Road. Million Love Songs. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, it's dire, isn't it? Yeah. And remember this one? 
If only for tonight, don't, don't be, be a stranger. stranger. Yeah. <laughs> Dana Carroll. Oh, was that Dana Carroll? Yeah, yeah. That was that was the, the, the erection section four, I remember. Yeah. Like, but generally... I, I, I heard End of the Road on the radio um, a couple of months ago, and it's really rapey. Is it? Have you heard it lately? No, I hate that record. Oh well, I mean, like now it's got to be, it's got to be close to being cancelled. Like, oh really? Yeah, that bit. That just get out of your pants, mate. You're going to go off. I hate that song so much. It's so shit. Oh, and do you know what annoys me more about that? I think it was on Motown, wasn't it? Uh, and I think, like, sometimes you'll get a Motown, like, comp, compilation, and it's on there. Nah. And I just think, no! It's just cheap to license these yeah. days. Unbelievable. All right. So, have you got... Oh, sorry. So, the song I, the song I was going to go for um, uh, was uh, Sheep on Drugs, 15 Minutes of Fame. Oh, what a great record. <laughs> Do you know what? I heard it for the first time in probably over 10 years today. Yeah. And it is fucking mental. That's got a siren, hasn't it? It's got an alarm at the beginning. Has it got like, a bell ringing? Oh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just like really fucking out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Try and explain sheep on drugs to people. I mean, you can listen to um, uh, uh, sheep on uh, Dead Lee from Sheep on Drugs on this podcast. He, he, he guessed it a couple of years ago, um, and. I know that obviously we were fans and we'd go and watch them quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it was quite an experience. So for people that have no idea who Sheep on Drugs are, I mean, explain a little bit about what you can expect from a Sheep on Drugs performance but, and record. Picture the Pet Shop Boys, <laughs> but they're both on crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and at a gig, they're stripped half naked, covering themselves in spray paint and waving a gun around. <laughs> Occasionally firing it. <laughs> Without any tunes. <laughs> they didn't fair? need tunes, though, did no, they? No, they didn't need tunes because they were just... I mean, like, they, they were one of, my, one of my fucking favourite bands to go and see. Mm. Like, I mean, it was sort of industrial sounding, wasn't yeah. it? But, but just really fucking in your face. Terrifying. And, te- yeah, absolutely fucking terrifying. And he was a great, he was a great front man. Mm. He would just cover himself, <laughs> cover himself in fucking spray paint and just, um, well, like, wave this fucking gun around and threaten people in the audience. And you always sort of felt like, like, when he threatened someone in the audience, they shut up because no one knew whether he would carry it through. We'd often have a little drink and heckle. We never heck with sheep on drugs, did we? Nah, it's just not worth it, is it? <laughs> He's got a gun. <laughs> um, okay, any more honourable mentions on that one? Um, yeah, yeah, from from the alternative club clubbing days, um, One Way by the Levellers was one that just always got played. And I'm sure, like, having done alternative clubs in all the years subsequent to that, you must be fucking sick of it. But I, I've got a, a weird relationship with that record. Like, I, I think it's great. Uh, do you know, I, I heard it for the first time in, uh, I would say, at least 20 years on the radio, and I goosebumps the fucking lot. And you know, you're like, fucking hell. Like, this is this is brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's just a great song. I watched some footage of them headlining Glastonbury in probably like 91 or 90. And they come out, and obviously they, they look fucking crackers, because they're just at the height of that kind of second wave of, crusty kind they of... They ain't had a gentleman's wash lately, have they? They haven't. 
Uh, and basically, they just come out, and you know, they all look how the levelers looked or look, and it just starts with a didgeridoo, <laughs> just going, <laughs> and then it goes, hey, jang, 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 yeah. goes into it, and then when that sort of tribal drumming kicks yeah. in, it's almost like a breakbeat as well, yeah. And I was watching it, and I was, I was talking to one of the other DJs from Toothbrush watching it, and I just went, music's never going to be like that ever again. Look at that, headlining a festival, look how mental what's going on is. And do, do you know what? I don't think I realised at the time how punk as fuck the levellers were. Yeah. I mean, like, completely. They just did... They, they, well, I mean, on the surface of things, they just fucking did what they, did what they wanted and did yeah. what they believed in and, like, you know... Yeah. Fucking fair play to them. A- a- absolutely. And and the sentiments of, of one way is yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's brilliant, like, isn't it? It's just uh, got a lovely fucking message to it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Any more? Um, Shame by Eat, which is one that I know I'll, I'll probably maybe haven't even heard since. Oh. But, but it was such a big fucking song in, the, in Automatic at the Gas Club. So good. So good. It's probably one that most listeners haven't heard of. Um, Eat were a band fronted by a, a, a brilliantly named Ange Doolittle. Uh, that when that band split up, he uh, he joined a band called We Know Where You Live with the um, uh, most of the members of the Wonder Stuff without Miles, where Miles went on to form Vent 414, whatever they were called. Um, but Eat is this just brilliant kind of indie guitar pop record, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's cracking and. Again, I, I equated with that 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 club. You know, yeah. I bought it and I played in every club that you know me or we DJed yeah. in subsequently, and it never caught on like how I wanted it to. And I played it to death, but it's a belter of a single. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like when it, the you know, it, it just reminds me of that that time. It's... And when we think of that time in that club and and going automatic, it was always a bit empty, wasn't it? Yeah, but but I don't know. I sort of think. That's what, that's sort of what was good about because it, it sort of felt like you had a little bit of investment in it because 100%. it because it weren't fucking rammed and it weren't in a big place yep. like you know and also you could go up and bug the DJ and he'd play like fucking bedazzled and stuff like yeah. early early doors yeah you you could get the songs that no other indie club were going to play yeah and like because we put the hours in there we'd get them early yeah. doors which was and they always had them as well yeah. And it felt like, yeah, getting bedazzled played was something that was never going to happen anywhere else, no. was it? it? It did feel really special. And and obviously, shout out to Jeff Automatic, who obviously went on to have a really good sort of career in, in, in DJing. And there's a warm-up guy, Errol Olken. Yeah, like, I wonder what's happened to him now. No idea. Let's go home. You got any more on that one? Just just fucking, just teen spirit. Just was just, a, you know, one that was just... Always, always. There. I mean, I, I weren't ever a big Nirvana fan, but like, you can't fucking underestimate uh, the, you know, power of that record and so the impact that, of that band yeah. as well on the scenes that we were, you know, yeah, in, you know, involved in. I guess. You well, know. just yeah, all of a sudden, like all our all our little mates were fucking wearing check shirts with it, and you know, and deliberately ripping their jeans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fishing. Fishing. <laughs> Just bent over and they just ripped. You <laughs> made was, them holes yourself, you liar. We had a mate who who literally just come out one day with two uh, identical scissor cuts in his knees on his jeans and claimed that, uh, obviously being like teenage lads, you, you just ridicule every kind of possible statement that you make, you know, fashion statements that your friends make. 
his answer was I bent down fishing and they both ripped. Yeah. Like, must have been a cheap denim. <laughs> um, let's go home. Favourite song from an artist from your home county, please? Uh, that would have to be uh, See You by Depeche Mode. It's a good one, isn't it? It's just, it's just me, it's my favourite Depeche Mode song, you know, and, there, and there's lots to choose from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any kind of uh, almost made it on that? Uh, I mean, it would probably, it would probably be other Depeche Mode songs if I'm honest. Enjoy mm-hmm. the, enjoy the silence. Um, uh, I'm trying to fucking think. Of. Uh, but, I mean, they've got lots of them leaving silence get the balance right shake, you, shake the disease sh- oh, shake the disease come on the radio the other day that, that's what I was trying to fucking think of but I, was, I was playing it forward for, oh, just yeah. playing it forward from the intro trying to get the chorus and I hadn't heard it for years and like, now you just think I know every word to this yeah like it's a cracker but, but CU's perfect isn't it I, I, just, I just think it's got that bittersweet um Unrequited love thing, and yeah. and like just just the the simps in it are just fucking top notch. Yeah, uh, and it's just it just sounds so innocent as well. Like he's you know just the opposite of uh, of a contrived fucking marketed manufactured record. Just like pure fucking teenage innocence, brilliant. But then I guess that's that's they were young innocent lads making music. Oh, of course they look about fucking twelve in the video, yeah. like, and the video's all filmed in Woolworths, like. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant. It's a brilliant. I, I, I don't know about a brilliant video, but like completely of the era, and, and it really reminds me of like going in John Menzies. Yeah, yeah And yeah. like I quite like the girl who, who sort of works in John Menzies behind the record counter, and you know we're going there and kind of like you know to buy a record. And, yeah. And that. Have you got um, anything by level forty two? <laughs> <laughs> That's what never happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 we're both. Big Depeche Mode fans, and and I know that you lean more towards that kind of because you're a fan of pop, the the earlier Early stuff mode, before yeah. it kind of went a bit dark. It's like the Beatles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, but yeah, all right. Well, look, this is when you get to play um, Tastemaker, and uh, and yeah. So for the last track, I'm going to ask you please to tell me a song that you think many people may not know. That you would like them to hear. Did I put B movie? No. <laughs> I did you not armed and odd about this. Go on, but let, let's talk about B movie and I'll tell you what you chose. Um Oh no I, t- <laughs> I remember what I went with now. Yeah. Do you know what? I was owing and owing whether it be whether uh, whether uh, what to go with for this, but it was gonna be something from like a kind of lost song from the eighties. Yeah. And so um uh Nowhere Girl by B Movie. I, I just think it's one of those fucking songs that should should be up there with like Enola Gay and Don't You Want Me. Just you know, and, and I ran by the uh, flock of seagulls. Just yeah. one of them fucking classic eighty songs, but just don't seem to you know it, it it didn't fucking. I don't think it charted at the time, and it's just a brilliant, brilliant fucking song. And where did you hear that? I um I was DJing in this eighties club. Um, uh, up in Soho, which is like a weird fucking quirk of fate, and I ended up DJing in this 80s club in Soho, and one of the other DJs played it, and I'm like, fucking hell, what, what the fuck's that? And, um, yeah, like, because that was always the weird thing, he's like, I've always loved loved that that sound of the early 80s so much that you sort of think you've heard everything, 
And so when something pops up and you haven't heard it, yeah, you know, it sort of knocks Treat. knocks your socks off. Yeah, and it, and it, and it was like that with the the new music album as well. That was another one that I kind of was gonna mm. toy him with for this one. Like that was something I didn't hear until like the late nineties or two thousand. And um, you know, they're, they're famous for like living by numbers. Yeah, but um, you know, there's a, a stack of songs off that album A to B that are just you know, just some of the best songs ever written, for, you know, best pop songs ever written for me. Yeah. But um, but I ended up going. <laughs> I ended up going with um, Gary Lestrange's CD Pimp. Tell us about that. Um, I, I saw Gary Lestrange. Um, he's uh, an eighties artist uh, character played by the uh, Wayne Shepherd, who does Pedo Kennedy in the Inbetweeners. Yeah. And. I, I saw him without knowing any, any any backstory. I saw him up in Edinburgh one year doing this show called Beef Scarecrow, which was his difficult third album, and uh, you know sort of went a bit proggy and a bit weird. But it was just it just fucking you know it ticked all the fucking boxes for me because that was before I'd sort of played Edinburgh myself, and I was up there you know just on a bit of a fact finding mission for a few days trying to work out how I was going to kind of get on there, and. Um, yeah, I went to see his show, Beef Scarecrow, and, you know, like, this is exactly what I want to be doing. It, it was fucking brilliant. But I, I found out he'd had two subsequent albums, and I think he'd got he'd won, like, Perrier Best Newcomer or something at the, at the Edinburgh Fringe. But it's definitely, like, Gary Lestrange is something that seems to have gone completely under the comedy radar because that first, the first album, was it called Polaroid Suitcase? It's just, like, a perfect fucking pastiche of 80s pop done in around like the early 2000s and each song you know like there's there's one that's kind of taking off gary newman another one that's taking off sausage and they're just so brilliant there's videos as well isn't there? there's videos as well i would highly recommend just go and have a little look on youtube for gary lestrange but cd pimp for me is just the <laughs> that it was off his second album, which weren't quite as consistent as the first one but there's still some fucking there's some crackers on there and um cd pimp i just think it's just bonkers and and just the best kind of uh, the best kind of comedy just don't take yourself too seriously but he's based on something real and he's just fucking ridiculous and it's a really good song and a really good chorus well people can uh go and check out um all the songs i don't know if gary lestrange is on spotify we'll find out um if so then um it'll be added to the spotify playlist of all the songs that we've spoken about we'll, we'll try and find b movie uh as well uh, and we'll throw some stuff on there and obviously we'll throw um uh, some music by the cunts on there as well, um, which then leads me on before we start to wrap things up. What's happening? Well, here's the thing. I toyed long and hard about whether... I should say quickly, by the time this is out, it'll be happening, hopefully. It should be out, because... Go on the internet, download it! <laughs> <laughs> so I, t- I toyed long and hard with after Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt hit the charts last year. Yeah. Um, I've toyed long and hard with whether to do it again this year because he is still there and I definitely don't think he's any less of a cunt than last year with all the fucking, you know, just all the sleaze and fucking lies and just thinking whatever he says makes it true. It's just... Yeah, he... he I, just, I just want him fucking gone and I think, you know... For the people that say, oh, you did it last year, why are you doing it again? Like, he's a big fucking tree. And one chop don't bring him down. You just have to fucking keep chopping. And so we've recorded a song called Boris Johnson is Still a Fucking Cunt. It's available now. There's various versions of it. Each version you buy 
counts towards the charts. Um, and so, like, if you go and buy five versions of it, that will count as five sales in the charts. And there's um, uh, a playlist on, um, on the website, borisjohnson.info, uh, a 24-hour Spotify playlist. I'm having to make all this up because I haven't done it yet. But it will all be there by the time people hear this. So to, to break down what that means um, in regards to it, so when people go to the website... And there's a 24-hour playlist, so that's on like Spotify or something like that. And then yeah. basically, turn the volume down if you don't want to listen to it for a whole day, and just press play, and then that'll constantly just play it, play it, play it, and that'll all count as streams, and it'll all go into to getting you up the charts. Yeah, that, that's what we did last year. We, we set up a 24-hour Spotify, Spotify playlist. Because the song's only a minute long, it gets 60 plays every minute. Yeah. Um, sorry, 60 plays every hour that you have it on. And so people just kind of streamed it, 24 hours for the seven days just with the sound down and um it ended up with like seven million streams and it got it to number five in the charts with with that and the that and the sales and i think you know fuck it just let's get him let's get him gone and see what see what fucking lies lies after him we'll see who lies after him absolutely and do you know what like it's an absolute joy to to talk about records if you and talk about everything that you've done and everything that you're still doing because it's still impresses me excites me and inspires me and yeah and no the feeling's mutual what that and, be and like no bit, it's just wally it, about it but well, no <laughs> but no it, you know it, it, uh, when i hear that you're going to do these things when you come around and go oh, i've got this idea i'm i think oh for fuck's sake mate you're gonna get so much trouble and like you're just going hey, it's a laugh though isn't it? and i just think yeah it's a massive <laughs> laugh it's a really good idea and the world needs more people with that mentality um go stream it go buy it Website, where's the best place to go for everything they need to know? Borisjohnson.info, that's the one. Bang. I'll add it on the uh, show notes for this, so go, uh, if you've forgotten that and you need a little uh, one-stop shop, then go to the, the, the show notes on the podcast you're listening to right now, and it will have that link. Cunt, thank you. Thanks, Roy. Nice one. Stuart on this podcast. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Little catch-up with me, best mate. Oh, it was lovely. Really, really enjoyed it. You know, got to got to have a drink with me, mate, and and I was surprised at some of the song choices. And yeah, it is it is strange. You know, you grow up so so close to someone for so long, and you know, we're both obviously very passionate about music, but do have very different sort of tastes in 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 what we listen to. You know, there's a common thread in we we, we love a bit of eighties pop, but yeah, it's uh, it was lovely to kind of explore. You know their, their musical tastes and and yeah, get a little snapshot and learn a few things that you know maybe I didn't know um, about him. So as mentioned at the end of the podcast, go check out the show notes, go check out um, the, the website, and go and get behind that campaign and, uh, and and let's just have a bit of fun and see what we can do with the Christmas charts and uh, if we can get that right up there again. Oh, half mental and brilliant would that be? Um, as mentioned as well at the beginning, go check out. Uh, cunt on pips podcast this week that's a great listen um i'll be back next time in the meantime get yourself over at spotify and start streaming that track and uh and i'll see you next time thanks again bye-bye it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network keep me stew with him Eat it,